Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Super Rugby Review Show here on uh, New Zealand Sports Radio. Yes, we have had the first round of Super Rugby Trans-Tasman uh, and uh, we have five games to go through, uh, with starting off with the Highlanders um, against the Reds on Friday night, going all the way through to the um, uh, Western Force versus the uh, Chiefs on Saturday evening. And joining me to review all of those shows, um, I have got Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Paul. Uh, good evening and good evening to your uh, viewers. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun, this. Yes, absolutely. And uh, for those of you folks who think, hey, look at this. These guys are totally unprepared. It's all over the place. Well, that might be because we've not even had any pre-show chat at all. So, yes, there might be an element to that. Um, but don't forget, folks, we are an independent uh, um, show that's our channel uh, that uh, brings you our unique insight into all of the sports across uh, here in New Zealand, uh, including rugby, uh, football, um, league, uh, and all of those things. I've, I've lost Stephen Harris already. Uh, if you'd like to support the channel to help us improve um, Stephen's internet connection um, so that he doesn't drop out, um, then do uh, check out uh, patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio uh, to uh, help bring. Um, help us uh, improve the text so that we can bring you all of this wonder co wonderful coverage straight to you. Um, so, Stephen, uh, where were you uh, watching the games this weekend? Um, were you at home? Did you get down the rugby club? Where, where, where were you uh, situated for, for the games this weekend? Oh, listen, I watched all the games at home, certainly like everybody else, with a, with a bit of interest. And uh, I must admit, I was hoping for some, uh, some competitive games. I, I, I think probably the, the fact that all the New Zealand teams took out the victories is probably no surprise, but there was a couple of surprise, oh, shall we say, results in there, probably a lot closer than a lot of people had thought. Yes, folks, and sorry my uh, predictions didn't get some, uh, published on time. Uh, they normally get published on nzsportradio.com, um, but, um, yeah, I was, I, I was five from five uh, in prediction this weekend. Uh, just like you, uh, I uh, got home um, after the... Uh, games or after after doing a bit of club watching a bit of club um, rugby on Saturday to watch the games um, at home as well in front of my four screens so I can uh, bring you all the tweeting at the same time folks um, but um, 
Yes, so I, I do believe that uh, you were um, officiating as well on Saturday. Yes, uh, yes, I did. He's a very good good friend of mine, former All Black Dean Kelly, uh, <clears throat> is coaching uh, uh, Birkenhead College in the North Harbour uh, Second Division of uh, North Harbour of Secondary Schools, and uh, he's coaching Birkenhead College, who have not had a team in the first fifteen for <clears throat> about the last uh, three seasons. So, yeah, exciting for the college. And uh, listen, they had, they had a first up loss last weekend, close loss. And they had another close loss yesterday, but I, I actually just went along. To watch the game and uh, ended up running the uh, the touch judge flag, so uh, there weren't too many complaints. Probably only about twelve. So <laughs> there you go. See, we uh, don't worry. We 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 also we, we all abuse Stephen just like we abuse normal referees uh, as well for his appalling um, uh, 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 AR um, work. Uh, does he need to go to spec savers? Absolutely, more often than he has already. He's already got glasses. Um, but anyway, good evening, folks. To uh, um, those who have joined us in the live chat from Nocturnal Rights, Simon. Jordan, Neymar, uh, etc. Great to have you along uh, here to join us. So, as I say, we kicked off with um, the Highlanders versus the Reds. Um, the uh, Reds, uh, obviously, coming off the back of uh, beating um, the uh, Brumbies with a last or a, a very late, yeah, last uh, last play of the game in probably the Super Rugby AU final the previous weekend, uh, having a short turnaround um, and then having to uh, travel over um, to Dunedin. Um, for that one, um, and uh, we saw the impact of that as uh, I think there's, there's, there was a lot of uh, uh, new names on the uh, um, the, the, the selections, um, and we had a rookie error um, to kick the game off, didn't we? Stephen, with the the uh, lock getting in the way of his uh, scrum half, uh, the scrum half not um, you know, still going through this part anyway, uh, that uh, led to an early try by the Highlanders. Um, look, the the, uh, the Reds did come back uh, to even things up um, five all, but uh, that really was a sign that perhaps this this Reds team was uh, was not the same Reds team that, that we saw in the final, was it? Yeah, no, not not at all. Listen, just just some new combinations, and you know they're also a big call to uh, to pop in a, a very young young halfback and and Kalen Thomas um, into that number nine jersey. You know uh, he's out of Ipswich College. And that's only uh, probably a year or two out of Ipswich College. So, uh, you know, a young kid that that showed that he, he is a very good footballer. But uh, I think probably maybe a few nerds in those initial stages. And uh, and yes, just just really finding that com combination. And you know, these New Zealand teams they they swoop on any any mistakes that you make, especially in your red, red zone. Yeah, absolutely. And the it was some interesting tactics for the Highlanders. I think what we saw here was a side that had two weeks to repair against their opposition, uh, against a side that really uh, were trying to get over their hangovers from the previous weekend. Um, some real uh, good kicking by the Highlanders in behind, finding space, uh, pinning the Reds back the whole time. Uh, when you look at um, the Reds, had, um, 18 lineouts in this game, so a lot of kicking um, by the um uh, a lot of kicking for touch by the Highlanders. We think the Highlanders only made, only only did twenty kicks from hand in the end. But uh, those kicks really did uh, control that territory, uh, particularly in that first half. Um, and uh, at twenty-one-seven at half time, um, it really was. Um, uh, it really was uh, going to be a big ask for the for for the uh, Reds to come back from that. And that included, remember, um, Renton knocking on diving over the line after the Hooter as well. So it could have been a lot worse, or it could have been a bit worse. Um, than it was already. Um, the is this really a sign of how how 
of, of the gap between the two um uh which across the Tasman or is this more a a, a factor of how the Reds um how much preparation time Reds had for this game yeah I, I think the prep that they've had they had to put in one heck heck of a big effort for a final uh last last weekend and um you know it's, you never know how these teams are, are going to recover you know the We'll get to that Crusaders Brumbies game. I thought that was probably, in terms of quality, one of one of the better games. But just getting back to this particular game, I think it just took this Reds team a bit of a while to find their feet. Like, you know, they weren't totally out of the hunt. You know, just after halftime, Vonnie Bali scored uh, uh, Paul and um, back at twenty-one twelve, and you thought to yourself, "Oh, maybe maybe the Highlanders might just get the speed speed wobble." But I think what was, I think what was the Reds were struggling with was just really the ball movement of the Highlanders, the ball movement and the speed. And I just think the whole pace that the, the Highlanders play at, especially under the roof down there, they, they never seem to deviate uh, from their particular style. And I thought they got a lot of go forward um, from some of their, from some of their places. If some of their players are no more than Jimeno, the number eight, who just mm. is, is really as impressed as a, <clears throat> excuse me, as an overseas player. And I was really impressed also with Aiden Johnson in the, in the front row, gave them a lot of, a lot of work, great. Of course, Hugh Renton and um, and the other loose Ford Harmon made a lot of lot of tackles as well, and it really gave Aaron Smith and, and Mitch Hunt the the opportunity to run the show. It did. Look, the, the Reds also the, their exit their exit strategy just did not work on the night, um, using uh, uh, crossfield kicks uh, on the edge of zone twenty two. Um, yes, was, was questionable. Uh, I think also the other problem was they just kept doing the same thing, losing James O'Connor to HIA at halftime. Uh, didn't really didn't help help matters um, at all. Uh, their tackling, um, which uh, was eighty percent, uh, didn't help either. Allowing eleven um, clean uh, clean breaks by the uh, the Highlanders. Again, another sign of a team that aren't used to playing with each other and getting disconnected uh, in that defence. Uh, so I, I think this is more a, a sign of uh, of of what of the Reds' preparation for this look. They've reached their goal that they've had for probably about four years under um, Brad Thornton last weekend. And um, emotionally, getting up for this game would be very difficult after that, um, as well as getting over the, uh, the the celebrations as well. So I will see better from the Reds uh, in the remainder of this tournament. Uh, but uh, with it being only five uh, games long, uh, a, a, a poor start like this means it's going to be very difficult for them to make the final um, already uh, with uh, with this loss. Just and also not picking up a bonus point. Yeah, Paul, I was about to say one one player who really impressed us in, in 2020, but just seems to be a little bit off the place this year, is Dalgunu. Um, he mm. was slipperier than an eel in, uh, in, in 2020, but just completely off the pace in terms of his game. I thought one of the better performers for the uh, Reds was uh, Uru, the number eight, who Fijian number eight, yep. who normally plays at lock. But I thought he gave them a lot of go, go forward, gave, you know, put in a you know, to me, put in a really, really good effort in a, in a Reds team that was pretty well beaten. Also, uh, I thought Scott Young was very good for the visitors as well. In terms of the uh, in terms of the Highlanders, I, I don't think they'd be completely happy with um, maybe a couple of their, their outside backs. Not so much Jonah Nariki. I thought um, they didn't get enough ball to Jonah Nariki because, to mm. me, he looked the most dangerous player on the paddock. I was pleasantly surprised with Gilbert. At fullback did did most things well, but poor old uh, Seal Tomkinson on the wing. Well, he had uh, yeah probably a, probably a night to uh, 
to uh, forget. And uh, I've just got to be in Northland as well. I just got to mention Scott Gregory. Uh, you know, just getting better and better in that uh, in that second five second five position. Just probably at times, Paul, he just misreads and in, in defence gets himself in the in the wrong wrong area. There was a little bit of controversy with uh, which what what probably would have been the the try of the match from a beautiful little offload and once again Gregory actually got caught out um, he went in two players went in on one player short little offload unfortunately it was forward at the end of the day but boy you know if they'd left that as a try you wouldn't have uh, you wouldn't have held that against the Reds that was a beauty yeah look it's um I think it's it's, it's a bit harsh on Tom considering look he, he is a definitely a center he's not a winger uh, and getting played out of position is is, is always going to be tough, to be honest. And the uh, the other good thing about this Reds team is that they played all the way to the end. Vinavali got a couple of tries in the end for his crossfield kicks. Uh, he's sort of a lot to learn uh, in this code, obviously with the uh, uh, league uh, having come across from league. Uh, but uh, the skills he does bring across um, have worked really well um, on that one. Um, Jordan Clark's makes a point here that yeah, I mean, Reds. Um, should have played Saturday after winning the AU tournament mm. and would have given them more time to recuperate. Absolutely. And I think also the Brumbies and the Reds shouldn't have been asked to travel either. Um, the Crusaders didn't. Um, and I think that, I think those three teams shouldn't have, been, shouldn't have been asked to. Look, with the Chiefs, it's a bit different. I don't think people expected the Chiefs to make the final. So you can understand why they get drawn away. But uh, yeah, this the organisers haven't helped themselves with the draw. It put the two best teams... Um, with two very, very difficult situations to try and pick up a win uh, from the Australian side point of view. Uh, and it's led to this five-zip um, scoreline, which, um, as Aaron, Aaron, I mean, Aaron puts it, yeah, back to normal viewing, five-zip to New Zealand teams. Well, yeah, I don't think we'll see it as five-zip every weekend. Uh, I just, I think that the, the organisers shot themselves in the foot by not uh, giving the, the Reds or the Brumbies a, a good crack uh, at, at an opening win. To, 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 just for interest in the tournament's sake, really, more than anything else. Gee, Paul, for for the sake of a, of, a, of a couple of kicks, and we'll get to those games a little mm. bit later. It could have been uh, a three, a draw, and a loss. So that's yeah, yep. real real fine margins at the end of the day. It is. Let's move on then to the second game. And um, boy, this uh, <laughs> wanted a different style of game um, to about anything you've seen in the past year. This uh, is um, is it Waratahs versus the. Um, the, uh, the the hurricanes. Um, oh, sorry, there was a question here saying, "Have I have I got an Aussie uh, rep on on the review show?" No, I haven't done. Uh, I haven't this week. Um, I will make more of an effort to reach reach around and see if we can find someone for next week. Um, a big a, 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 my first line is yeah, start contrasting the Tars exit well. Um, I thought that was good for them. Um, and uh, look, uh, the uh, but um, uh, and uh, with Ruben Love um, going off injured very early. Uh, I was thinking, oh, this could, uh, um, this this could 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 even um, things up. Um, but this one just turned into a, uh, I don't know, do you call it festival rugby? Do you call it uh, uh, an exhibition game? Um, uh, Eighty-four to sixty-four, um, a hundred and um, what's that? One hundred and twelve points uh, on the night combined. Uh, the fifth highest scoring Super Rugby game of all time. Seventeen tries. Um, how do you review this game? I mean, look, if I show you my notes, I have notes on the actual play at the top. And in the second half, it's just a list of scores because it just got absolutely um, crazy in this one. Aaron says, yeah, good game of touch. 
um, yeah. there, <laughs> which, um, yes, there's definitely an element of that one. Um, the, uh, uh, <laughs> as John said, yeah, the game with a lot of tries and some atrocious tackling. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what this, I'm not sure there was tackling at times uh, in this one. What no. the, uh, 79% tackling from the Waratahs um, from um, uh, to 88% tackling from the, the Hurricanes. Look, a lot of game in hand, a lot of ball in game, ball in play in this one, let's be honest. 475 metres run by the Waratahs, 718 metres run with ball in hand by the uh, Hurricanes. Some teams will take three or four games to run that far with the ball in hand. <laughs> um, so, look, there was lots of... Um, of, of, of play on show, but 12 clean breaks by the Waratahs, 24 clean breaks by the Hurricanes. Uh, this is, I'm not really sure what you can actually, um, uh, what, 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 how to really describe this game, to be honest with you, Stephen. Yeah, um, it, that scoreline, that's really early days of Super Rugby. Anybody who watched uh, Super Rugby for the first five seasons, these are the sort of basketball scores you, you were getting, and uh, it's, it's, it's a real throwback to those days. There's some credit to both teams. They obviously went out there to to entertain, but boy, you know, I think probably the, the, the coaching staff of uh, of uh, Chris Gibbs and uh, J- and Jason Holland there, gee, they'll be, you know, at the end of the day, they'll, they'll probably be a, a little bit disappointed to, to leak 48 teams to a team like the Waratahs. If you think back to the first part of Super Rugby, um, the Waratahs couldn't buy a trick when it came to scoring scoring tries, Paul. And, and all of a sudden, if you told me at the beginning of the game that it scored 48, I would have thought, gee, we're in for a heck of an upset. But, at, you know, at the, at the end of the day, they still well, well, and, well and truly beaten. Um, what is what is that in terms of points mm. point spreads? 16 points at the yep. end of the day. But oh, I just kind of, there might have been times, especially with about uh, 10 minutes to go, when it got back to 54-43, well, Man, that's only uh, that's only a two two score two score game, Paul. Um, you never you never know what what could happen, but you know the I think the the Hurricanes always had them at arm's length. Um, just in terms of players who impressed me, listen, great to see Julian Savia running with a little bit of power. How we've we've seen in the past year, sure, <clears throat> you could arguably say he just had to finish those tries, but on on saying that you. He, you know, he looks reasonably fit and he's running with a bit of pace and power. And I must admit, I was very impressed with Auburn Ledger as well, coming on early in the piece and, and, and running running the show. And uh, you, you, we all know how this Hurricanes team is going to play. If, you, if they had it their way, they'd like to play with that all the time. But, you know, other New Zealand teams are not quite stupid enough to enter into that style of play and try and shut them down uh, in, the, uh, in the forwards. Yeah, I was looking through the uh, the, um, uh, the 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 kind of scores uh, that the Waratahs have had, and I, went, I go back to the uh, Super Rugby preseason game against the Reds, forty five thirty three, and I'm thinking, yeah, preseason game. That's exactly what this one is. But in a preseason game, you have squads of like forty five kind of thing, uh, where you have entire different teams first half, second half. Um, Gavin Gill, yeah, the game was absolutely insane. Best try. Um, was by the Tars at the end. Yeah, that was that, that was some, some 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 wonderful play by the Tars. Um, and yet, as you say, Stephen, t- two teams here who went uh, who, who who were well. One of the things we've been saying about the, the Hurricanes all season is that they, if you're going to have best try of the tournament, uh, Super Rugby Outer Hour, uh, it was probably going to be top three tries from the Hurricanes. I mean, they, they've been playing some real nice rugby. Uh, it's just a matter of, as we say, as you said, um, other teams would just would not get themselves into a shootout. 
with the Hurricanes. Now, um, looking at the Tars plate, it's actually probably the best thing for them to do was to get into a shootout because, hey, they <laughs> when they throw it around, um, they had some fun too. But, um, yeah, crazy game. Uh, wonderful handling, though. We only had, what, our first scrum was like, uh, was um, uh, was just before halftime or just after halftime, yeah. we, um, which was uh, which was, which was was fantastic. And the Waratahs, so the Hurricanes only had one put in. Um, the Waratahs ended up having six, which showed the Hurricanes handling was perhaps a bit worse than the, uh, than the Tars. But then again, they were trying all sorts of things. I think they had a license to as well. Um, the um, as John said, yeah, if Julian can't shine against the Tars, he doesn't deserve a spot in the squad. Um, <laughs> maybe there's an element of that. Um, they, Paul, but, I, Paul, I, was about, I was about to say, in terms of their back three, Savia, Savia Rayasi and Geordie Barrett, is, is there a bigger back three running around in Super Rugby? I probably right. don't think so. Um, <laughs> they, 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 they really are a handful. Even even Rayasi, once again. Man, just a handful because yet you can tackle him, but he's so strong you can stand and offload. There was even even one of the tries that they scored near the end where he basically just nonchalantly threw threw an offload around the corner of his back, you know. And uh, yeah, he, he's a player that's definitely got got some skill. Just a player I want to mention from the uh, the Waratahs, Charlie Gamble, the number seven. Now Charlie's a former uh, Canterbury under nineteen. Skipper, who basically, when they won the under-19 title in Topol back in about 2015, 2016, he was one of the standout players of the uh, of the tournament. But uh, in uh, recent times, just went away from rugby. And, and listen, it's great to see him back in rugby again. This kid's not a big number seven, but a really, really good uh, good fetcher and pilferer of, of the ball. So uh, I just wonder if he may... Maybe um, changing his his alliances to uh, uh, as opposed to chasing a black jersey, a gold jersey, Paul. Well, hey, if uh, if, if that's where the opportunity is going to come, then why why wouldn't you? Absolutely, uh, and uh, wish him wish him all the best um, in that one. Ten tackles, only one missed. Which, let's be honest, in this game, if you only missed one tackle, you did pretty well um, yeah. compared to um, <laughs> um, compared to to a lot of other players. Um, the I think Walker literally um, have four missed tackles there. Uh, Julian Surveyor made four tackles and missed four tackles, a bit 50-50 there. Um, so, um, but look, I, in this kind of game, you're going to see stats like that. I mean, Maddox also, six tackles made, four missed as well. Um, but um, the, uh, yeah, I, I, fun game, but uh, one I think that, uh, that they'll want to uh, move straight on from uh, for the Hurricanes, uh, for, the, for the Waratahs look. They're going to take the positives out of this after having had such a having not won a game in all of Super Rugby AU, but they scored forty eight points. That's fantastic. Now, if they can do that again and actually do and, and and put put some defensive steel in, they could actually win a game, which would be fantastic for them. Uh, as we said, very young side there. Um, moving on then, and then um, to the Crusaders versus the Brumbies on Saturday. Now, the Brumbies haven't beaten the Crusaders in Christchurch since two thousand, so it's been over twenty years. Uh, since they've won uh, a, a game there. Clearly, uh, they were coming into this one. Um, I think a lot of us have said uh, the, the way that this tournament basically is, lines up is the it's Crusaders, the rest of the New Zealand sides, plus the Reds and the Brumbies, uh, the Force, and then everybody else. Um, the, uh, the first half of this one was an absolute horror to watch. Uh, the, it was so messy. We, we had an early, an early try by, 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 by Blackadder, we then lost the next quarter of the game to basically scrums being a mess. Uh, we'd have a scrum, 
we'd have maybe one or two phases before we end up with another scrum. Um, and each scrum took about four or five minutes uh, as they were reset and an absolute farce uh, in this one. I actually tweeted out saying, can we please yellow card the whole of the front, the uh, both front rows so we can get some people on who are actually scrum because it was a nightmare. Um, the Brumbies ended up with 12 scrums in this game, which shows that the handling was not good. Uh, the Crusaders with six. Um, it wasn't a particularly wet or nasty night either, um, Stephen. So I don't know what happened in the first half, but the Crusaders did, the, did, did their Crusaders thing, played pretty horrible rugby, but uh, as, as did the Brumbies, but came out 19-7 ahead at halftime. Listen, your your summary is is pretty much spot on. But I want to go back to that Ethan Blackout try because we at the time we were on the rugby chat, and uh, I just see a nocturnal, or that may not have been nocturnal, just one of the posters, just put a post up about the officials on the night. I I actually thought for well, Paul Williams, who's New Zealand's number one whistleblower, I, I just thought he was poor on the night. I look at that Ethan Blackout try, and you can't tell me that wasn't a forward pass. They showed it from the the elevated position that was thrown from outside the 22 and the pass was received inside the 22. And it wasn't as if the hands were going backwards. To me, it was mm. it was forward every day of, day of the week. And, uh, you know, up until then, you, you could just see that the, the, the Brumbies were, were up, up for this game. And credit to them, we didn't, we, we didn't see a lot of, we didn't see any scoring until about another 20-odd minutes when Scott Seo uh, went over. And that was after a real, real good build-up um, uh, from from the Brumbies, so that was great to see. And then this one, you thought, oh, yep, you know, they scored the try. The Crusaders, or should I say, Richie Moanga, they just sting you after a minute. You know, you can't afford to switch switch off against against these guys. That was an absolutely brilliant individual try. And um, boy, anybody playing against them, you've got a mark up on them. And of course, they give away a gimme just before halftime as well. And uh, David Harvili, and once again. He looked offside, but after showing it again, it was just that's a risky pass to throw from a halfback, especially when you're obscured by some of your players. When you're reaching down and you're obscured by some of the players that are in your pack, and you're throwing that wide pass. Obviously, um, David Harvey timed it absolutely brilliant. And listen, at the end of the day, he was he was onside despite looking offside. Paul. Yeah, and he'd been called offside a few times earlier on, uh, but finally got it right. Uh, and, uh, and over he went um, and uh, he needed to uh, in the end but the second half um, turned into much better rugby from both teams uh, it was interesting to see a very different um, tactic by the, by, the, by the Crusaders in the second half they went through 15 phases um, playing out their own 22 after they received the kickoff in the second half um, clearly uh, the second half they decided we are going to be or they've been told at half time you are to play possession rugby do not kick this ball away um, and they did a lot of that. Whereas the Brumbies in that second half were like, right, if you want to, if uh, we're not playing out of our in our half, I would kick it to the other end. So it was a, a real, um, uh, what's a, a real contrast in styles between these two sides in the second half. Um, and in the end, you've actually got to say that the Brumbies style of, of territory play um, won the day because, hey, uh, what was a twelve-point gap at half time became a two-point gap at the end. Uh, which they could have drawn drawn if if that uh, kick had gone over. So, um, yeah, uh, the, the our, our first half of sort of of, of, of real proper competitive rugby, uh, the Brumbies come out on top in that one. And um, 
The uh, uh, but it was interesting to see. Look, the Brumbies were, went posts from the corner. Um, they've uh, clearly uh, perhaps didn't uh, had realised that they um, uh, didn't trust perhaps their uh, their set piece uh, like we've like, like we've seen them do in the past. They would always go to the corner and get that driving ball going, but it didn't really get going in this game. Um, and um, that's uh, obviously a hat tip to the um, Crusaders' mall defence. Uh, that um, and line out defence, which really uh, caused the um, the Brumbies uh, to, to switch tactics. Uh, you, you, you talk about that um, obvious forward pass uh, in the first um, Crusaders try uh, in one in their line out mall try again. Was it was was uh, was the, the Wallabies? Uh, sorry, was, was the Brumbies player really thrown across the line? It didn't look to be much much in it really. Um, and uh, the Crusaders get the penalty, which gives them the platform. For that lineup more so yeah the brumbies probably um could feel hard done by um in this game uh did um did very well um to uh to get there loved um tom banks's gas uh, and his play in this game really was uh elusive and um and i think that i think the uh the wallabies have found their 15. oh no question gotta totally agree with you and that's a that's the thing if the brumbies needed to be competitive in this game some of their players needed to stand up, and there were there were a few that really impressed me. Val, Valentini, the uh, the number eight boy, he's a he's a handful with with ball in hand. Always gave them a lot of go forward, and I thought he was very very good as well. I also like the look of Simone at uh, second five. Always capable. He looks like a big solid player, capable of being the, his first player. And uh, of course, we all know a bit about Solomon Kata who's the uh, former warrior boy. <laughs> he's, he's only got one gear and that's forward straight. It's get out of my, get out of my way. So he was doing his best Jonah, Jonah impression on uh, last night, but I, I thought he was very good as well. Ran with a whole lot of power and purpose. Yeah, once the Brumbies got their game together, Paul, they showed they are a very, very good side. Um, mm. Boy, I, I pity any of the New Zealand teams that uh, plays them and, and, in Canberra, Paul, they'll be very, very tough to beat at home. Yep, no, I think they will be. This, uh, they're, they're going to be the, the, the toughest side for. Obviously, they've got the, the hardest game of the uh, for, for them out of the way. A trip to uh, Christchurch uh, and a come away with a losing bonus point. So let look, they are um, the best placed of all the um, Australian sides to make a run for that finals, and we'll see uh, um, how they go. Um, in that, uh, lots of love for Ethan Blackadder in the live chat from Dominic Cooper in particular. Um, yep, yeah, he uh, is um, playing really, really well. Uh, seven carries, 61 metres, including that try. Um, we'll have to wait and see if he is um, going to be the uh, the answer for the All Blacks at six. He's got some tough competition there with Frizzell and um, um, uh, I've gone blank. Kiriwani, uh, for example, um, showing and uh, Cullen Grace, all showing good, um, uh, uh, all, all challenging for that um for that jersey so we'll have to uh wait and see on that one uh look at the end there um yes should there have been a penalty try possibly um um obviously um Inari, uh went to the bin for a yellow card in 78 minutes and uh Severis has continued uh the uh crusaders um giving away penalties uh and uh, probably should have gone to the bin straight away afterwards but uh ended up being another warning uh and you can hear david heavily saying telling everyone telling his boys uh, no more beeping uh, penalties, um, <laughs> which, uh, but uh, yeah, perhaps lucky to get away with it. And that, that, that wasn't the, the, the penalty trial wasn't given at the end there, um, making it a draw 
um, the, uh, yeah, the the Brumbies came very, very close uh, to, uh, to to getting another point um, out of this one. Um, we uh, follow that up with a game that I think uh, the Rebels versus the Blues. Look, I think there were two games this weekend where I felt the Australian teams uh, wouldn't have much hope, and that was going to be the Tars and the Rebels, um, the two teams that have come um, lowest in here. Uh, look, the Blues, um, I don't know... Uh, is flat track bully uh, a bit, um, a, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit of a harsh, uh, harsh term on them? But look, they are a side that we know can rack up points. They have got some really good players. Their problem has been uh, just stringing it together. Um, so if you put them up against a team um, that uh, doesn't put them under pressure, then boy, oh boy, they're going to go to town. Um, and uh, as, uh, as 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 one. Um, Post said, uh, yes, the uh, the umpires uh, um, declared close of play at three for 50 um, <laughs> for the score of this one. But uh, <laughs> go soon. Yeah, it, real, real interesting though, but for all, the, for all their so-called dominance, um, they didn't score until basically right, right, right on halftime when mm. when Tom, Tom Robinson went, went, over, went over the try. But it's also arguable that they probably should have conceded. If that was a like a, a deliberate pull down of a mall, it probably should have been a penalty try as as well. The only thing that I can I can I can basically think of is that the player sort of end, ended up short. But the only reason he was short is because he was taken down taken down from an, an illegal situation. I actually do believe it should have been a a, a penalty try, and uh, maybe 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 it's the rebels that should have been leading at halftime. But uh, credit to the Blues, they. Yeah, you're, you're right. It was a real bully. You know, it was they bullied them. They bullied them at scrum time. In fact, two or three of those well, penalties pretty much came indir- indirectly from scrum scrum penalties. A great great penalty kick from Zan Sullivan right on the uh, the halfway mark. That was on the 32nd minute uh, to push it out to 12-3. And I think that try just before halftime gave them some breathing space. Unfortunately. Yeah, if that um, had been a penalty try when Choke got yellow carded, which it should have been, um, it would have made it 10-12. So the, the Blues would have still had their necks in front, but um, uh, but uh, but even so. And uh, one of the things I, I sort of tweeted at, uh, at the time was that the Blues actually played better with 14 men than they did with 15. Uh, because, as you say, in that first um, first 40 minutes, they couldn't get over the line. Um, it was just penalty. It was um, scrum penalty after scrum penalty. They were knocking over. Um, and on 41 minutes, in uh, after the hooter, big red goes over. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you look at this, you look at this rebel side. Not and on paper, they're, they're, they're not the worst pool. They got you know Matt Tumua and Powell, who both played international rugby. So you've got a couple of hubs, but unfortunately, they just really don't get over the advantage line. And, they, and I suppose the scary step for them is the fact that Corobetti, uh, Marika Corobetti. Who's one of the better wingers running around in Australian rugby? Around with Mamadi, who's who's pretty sharp as well. Just really, really, and truthfully, um, haven't been on the end of anything this year, and that's been one of the big, big problems for them. Um, Aaron just makes a point about the the Bryce Ham try. Yeah, that oh, listen, that's a 50-50 one that may have come off the shoulder, may have come off the arm. There was there was probably just enough out there. For the officials, I, it wouldn't have worried me if it, if it had gone the other way either. Showed some good pace, actually, for a, for a veteran winger. 
Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And that's uh, right. We, we have uh, raised question marks on our shows about whether he should have been given a contract at all, um, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, look, look, he is, he, uh, he is, now he's been with the um, the side for a few weeks. Uh, uh, the last couple of weeks, he has been putting in some some decent performances. Um, the Nocturne uh, writer, yeah, even Corbetti um, looked hesitant. Uh, there's something wrong there. Yeah, look, the Rebels really the lowest try scorers in Super Rugby AU. Um, and we saw that again tonight, that they just cannot score tries. When they've stayed in games, it's been through tough defence uh, and um, Tamua knocking over penalties. Now, if your um, set piece is getting destroyed uh, in the way that it was by the Blues, then basically it's all over for them. Um, the uh, yeah, look, uh, so Officially, they won five out of their seven scrums. But look, if you lose any of your own scrums, Something's wrong there, and you're you're in, you're in you're in trouble, aren't you? Let's be honest. Nowadays, add into that seventy nine percent tackling, which they weren't doing earlier in the game, losing also um, five of their lineouts, um, and uh, yeah, it was just uh, it, it was just asking for um, uh, for well the, you know, the Blues to, to dominate it in the second half. Then, um, if you say that the 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 the, the, uh, uh, the, the Rebels messed things up. Uh, the, the Blues um, got themselves in tro- into try scoring positions. It blew out from three, from yeah, three seventeen to three fifty, um, and particularly in that last um, sort of uh, in the last quarter, Ikiriwani for two two both picked up two tries um, each. Uh, AJ Lamb uh, literally walked over the line and put it down at one point, um, which showed you how much the uh, the Blues had pulled pulled the Rebels out of shape there. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, good, uh, a, a good night out for the Blues. They'll be very happy with that result and restore a lot of confidence um, after they didn't quite, after they didn't make the uh, Super Rugby Outro final. Uh, and um, they'll be looking at, and I, I think we can see something probably fairly similar happening against the Tars. But so uh, the difference being the Tars can score tries, whereas the Rebels can't. And this is going to be a long old comp for the Rebels, I'm afraid. Yeah, I, 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 I think I agree with you, you Paul. Listen, some good individual performances as well. Well, from the, uh, the the Blues as well. Uh, just looking through the through the team list here, I thought Hoskins Tutu, you know, was, was his standards were a little bit higher. It was actually good to see him show a little bit of patience uh, from a scrum to a scrum pushover. I'm having a chuckle because the Australian uh, commentators here, and it's just reminded us keep calling uh, Sam Knock, uh, Sam Sam Derry. So all of a sudden he's basically shrunk, shrunk, and he looks completely different. And he's playing halfback these days. That is Sam Barry. Um, but just getting back to players that are other players that I thought well. Once again, Tom Tom Robinson. I had this question asked to me, and you can maybe I'll give an get an answer off you after I finish. I thought Tom Robinson once again just so much energy that he brings to the team, and he's always constantly in the referee's ear. He's got to be careful that he probably doesn't turn into another. L, um, Ish Dixon, if you know what I mean, probably in the in the ear all the time, and and a, and, and a player who, listen, I know I know Josh Good here really well, and, and he's had a lot of issues in and around head knocks, but man, I just thought he was really really good. Through a couple of nice little offloads, his clean out work was really really good, and he got a, he took most of his own lineouts from what I believe, and also stole a couple as well, and I I, I thought he that was probably one of his better games. In a, in a Blues jersey, and of course, there's that front row collectively, but they're a really, really big pack. But my question to you, Paul, is when um, 
Patrick Tuipurotu comes back into the side, do you reinstate him as the captain or do you keep Tom Robinson as the captain? Um, I think you end up going back to Patrick because he is that all black and uh, carries that kind of respect. Uh, but um, I think uh, Tom Robinson probably will be the vocal leader um, of the team. Uh, it's because Patrick's not really that vocal kind of guy. He's more that um, lead by example guy. Um, really, isn't he? I, I'm, um, I think he's improved his talking skills, but I, I think uh, I think he'll end up, yeah, he'll probably officially carry the armband, but I think uh, you'll see that um, uh, that Tom Robinson will do a lot of leadership in a sort of non-captain's uh, kind of role, is I think how they'll probably handle it. Mm. Interesting interesting um, post there from Richard Knock. The Blues back line needs to be addressed as they look very incoherent a lot of the time. Forward Pat carried us the whole game and we should have capitalised even more. I, listen, I, I totally agree. Some, you know, something's not quite adding up. I mean, it's like there's a lot of... I could see some little little moves trying to be created. Um, there was one, one, one actual move where they used a, a, a bit of a what they call a double man play or ghosting play where players are ghosting around each other. But, you know, the, the credit to the uh, credit to the Rebels, they were even able to start it and stop it. So there's not that real accuracy in their play. I don't know what it is, Paul. I think that's something that we've seen all season. Can't quite my, put, my, put, my, uh, put my finger on it. Yeah, no, we've been talking about this joint, disjointed back line the whole time. We And yeah, neither Terry Black or Harry Plummer have managed to get it uh, to get it clicking. Uh, even when we've got the second playmaker, when you've got some um, Perifetta in at 15, again, none of them seem to be able to get it played, get, get, it, get it working. Um, I don't know if we've got too many individuals in that um, in that back line and not enough team sort of style players. Um, and uh, are they running hard enough on those dummy lines when they're doing it? And uh, are, are they are they showing the commitment to try and draw defenders? Um, I don't know. Uh, TJ Fayani is a big difference. I agree, Aaron, um, at, um, at 12. He does. He, he is part of that glue. Uh, in there that sort of holds it together. Uh, that unselfish player who can, who does have distribution still skills, can make a break. Um, and another leader within that back line. I think it's perhaps what they need is is someone who is a leader in in that back line. Um, but um, we'll have to um, have to wait wait and see. It's a couple of suggestions here that um, maybe it's a conservative coaching staff for the Blues. Um, Aaron suggesting they need a, a running first five. Um, the uh, yeah again Jordan Clark's sorry lacking the attacking mindset yeah a good kicker a good um, positional player to lead his forwards around and with a pack like that you can that that can work a lot of the time uh, but uh, it's yes it does make it look disjointed if you don't get some that forward dominance then you're in a lot of trouble which I think is what we've seen uh, in Super Rugby Altera, uh for this Blues team um, the uh, some. Now I'm trying to think now where there's uh, this this one of the games. Did we have a double yellow card at some in one of these games? Or my, my, is, my, is my memory um, my memory is really playing with Adrian, me? Just Adrian Choke was the only player to be uh, yellow carded yep. in this in this particular Rebels game. So you know, probably in the main, the discipline wasn't too bad. It like was played in in, in an OK case period. I mean, so. I'd, Right. I, listen, I don't think anybody tried harder than the uh, than the uh, skipper of the uh, Rebels Rebels team. Was was that? Uh, no, it wasn't Leota who was the uh, skipper of the team. It might have been Matt Tumor who was who was the skipper. But I thought Leota in the in the in the pack played really really well. 
But um, in the in the main, they hardly they hardly fired any shots. Poor. Thank you. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, and everyone is in the, in the live chat is reminding me where the double the the, uh, the double yeah, Western Force um, get Force game double yellow Chiefs two yellow cards double yellow. Um, yes, okay, that's where they get that's where double yellow was, folks. Now look, um, the moving on to that final game then. Look, seven hours of uh, sat still watching rugby um, with a kickoff at midnight, finishing at two o'clock in the morning. Wow, um, it uh, was a bit of an ask in all honesty, to get through all of that rugby. Uh, and as you can tell, um, I kind of uh, started to lose it when it came to that last game. Yeah, my notes are not great, I'll be honest, for the uh, Blues, for, for the Force versus the um, the Chiefs. Um, as you can see on, my, see on the screen there, yeah, I kind of uh, gave up after about 14 minutes with my notes, unfortunately. So I have to, this, this one will be done more from memory um, than from, uh, from anything else uh, on this one. But uh, uh, look, a really close game. Another one that came down to the uh, final kick of the game, um, which again was missed by the Australian side, finishing 19-20. Um, the Chiefs, 19 penalties in this game. Um, absolutely nuts. Uh, double yellow card um, around half time. Um, the, um, the, uh, uh, so look, um, the, the 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 force really did a very good job frustrating this uh, this, this 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 Chiefs team, um, really uh, keeping in touch. In it was it seven ten um, at um, uh, at half time. Um, I say Dave McKenzie didn't have his kicking boots on, but uh, great uh, possession and territory stats by the force, uh, putting themselves on top, making the Chiefs do a lot of work, give up a lot of uh, penalties. Perhaps they should have. Um, uh, given them a um, a few more. Uh, Bill Turner writes, did you, did you go into a Freudian dream state, Paul? Tell us about your mother. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not going there, boy. We're not going there. Um, but um, two and overs conceded 17 each. Again, um, a lot of uh, uh, perhaps not the most um, continuity in this one. Uh, as I say, I, uh, well, yes, I did watch the whole game, but I don't remember much of it. Um, Stephen, can you can you help me out, please? Oh, listen to the way that the Chiefs started, and they started early. You know, after a after a non try from a knock on that was uh, that they re, that the TMO reviewed and found there was a little knock on there. And then the Chiefs basically got going, and I thought, oh, well, here here we go. But boy, it, it just sort of like stumbled from one era to another era, and with with not with not a lot of rugby being played in the in the next sort of third. 30 odd minutes and then those two cards obviously um, uh, came into play and then there was the penalty try in a minute with, within each other I thought it was a little bit harsh to be honest Paul but uh, you know it, he probably felt that the Chiefs had, had given away quite a few penalties leading up to the first original card to Leonard Brown um, but credit credit to the Chiefs they um, even even with 13 players they managed to get themselves back into the uh, into the fourth half and, and pick up a penalty just before half time, and I've got to admit that's when I gave it away. I thought, <laughs> I thought enough is enough. I thought basically the Chiefs would get these two two uh, players back on the uh, back on the field, but once once again after that Damien McKenzie penalty, we had to wait another what um, forty minutes in the second half before the the Chiefs uh, scored from uh, uh, close range. Nathan Harris and uh, yeah, we had one of these. I must admit we had one of these officials who just wanted to review everything. Mm. Um, which probably which probably didn't help for anybody who was watching the game. Now watch that second half. 
highlights today. So that's where I've uh, pretty much picked up on that. And it wasn't until about the 57th minute where the, the Chiefs actually finally put something uh, decent together. Had um, <clears throat> Sawa Kula ranging a little bit wide, made a nice break, showed a bit of pace. Looked more like a, an outside back than a, a number eight and drew the, drew the last man. And uh, you thought, well, here we go. Um, the, uh, the Chiefs at 20 to 7. 23 minutes left to go. They've pretty much got this <laughs> wrapped up, but the 66 minute rolls around, and unfortunately for Luke Jake Jacobson, he gets a second yellow card, which happens to be a, um, a, a red card. And a disappointing thing for Luke Jacobson, he must have known that uh, he, having already taken in a yellow, um, basically being asked not to play the ball on on the ground, and told a couple of times, but he didn't listen. And of course. That was the end of that. I suppose the one upside, it wasn't foul play, but in the old in the whole context of things, Paul, yeah, that discipline you mentioned that number of penalties before was it nineteen penalties? Yeah, yep. just not accept, just not acceptable. Yeah, yeah. Look, you're going to get multiple cards if you're going to have um, if you're going to do that, and if uh, and, and the players really, really, really um, have to um, uh, do have to uh, yeah, watch themselves. Um, uh, Arizia Chiefs most likely a bit of a hangover after playing the final. Uh, not so much hangover in the same way the Reds had, which was, which was partying. But look, it's a long old trip from uh, Hamilton uh, from Hamilton all the way over to Perth. It's, it's the far side of Australia. Um, it's, it's it's quite a, it's a long way. They're also down to just two um, two fit locks um, as well. Both of the I mean, obviously the eye uh, playing a, a, a wonderful game yet again. Um, but I was really impressed by um, Josh Lord. Uh, good to see that there's a, a, a young guy, not much experience at this level. Um, again, single figures caps, definitely. Uh, but uh, he was more than willing to actually play uh, play his game uh, and play with freedom, which was fantastic to see for, 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 for the young guy uh, in that situation. Um, uh, Paul, I was going to say, probably overshadowed to provide in this game, to be fair. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, well, it's I, yeah, I think well, I think both both players had a good game, uh, and I think it's one of the things we've seen from this Chiefs team that we've had the, we, our, our preseason concern was their locks. Let's be honest, um, four guys uh, aged twenty or twenty-one, um, a handful of caps between them, uh, and um, but they really have stood up, uh, which goes again, if if players get their opportunities, uh, quite often they can pick they they, they can uh, they can run with them, especially if you've got other good players um, around you. Um, Dave McKenzie looked ran things pretty well, um, but um, yeah, 40% kicking from him and 33% kicking from the force. Both teams left points out there um, the, uh, on, on this one. Um, and um, yeah, it's uh, some, some comments in here about the referee. Um, not, not particularly happy with him. But look, what has been good is that there was a, there was a, damn, there was a good crowd for this one. Uh, so it's good to see the... Uh, the um, the blue wave or the, or the blue force, or, or, um, I've got the call now um, for this one. Real disappointment from Stan Sport, though, in that a lot of people couldn't watch this game because of uh, it kept um, buffering. So let's hope they get that one sorted out. Um, but um, the uh, so um, so look, um, good. Uh, uh, good uh, the, the Chiefs will be happy to have got that one point win. Um, and, and got through this one. This was the one game that I could see tripping up um, the uh, New Zealand sides because of the travel, because they played last weekend, and because they had no lot or, or down to the last locks. Sea of Blue, thank you. That's the uh, name of the supporters um, there. Um, and uh, the force came so, so close um, to doing it. 
so yes, it was five zip, but two teams came very uh, came very close in the Brumbies um, and the Force. I think the Brumbies, Force, and the Reds will continue to be competitive games. Unfortunately, the Tars and the Rebels, I can't see them being competitive games um, uh, in this one. The leadership of players like Kahui, um, like um, I've gone blankers to the Thrush, Thrush, Jeremy Thrush. Thrush, um, Rob Kearney. Um, in this uh, fourth side, yes, we've seen them. Uh, a, a, a group of players that hadn't played much together uh, with the improvement in them. Again, some real problems at scrum time, though, um, as uh, Medrano got a working over um, in this one. Um, that would have been by um, Aidan Ross. Yes. Um, the uh, in, in this one. Um, so, um, uh, again, that's got to be a concern for them. Um, but um, but the way that they just stuck in this game, made it into a fight, um, was, uh, was was very good. Um, you, you've got to say, and uh, that's going to cause, I think they're going to cause um, all the Kiwi sides some problems, uh, unless, they, unless those Kiwi sides can jump out to an early lead uh, and have that scoreboard pressure. Paul, Paul you mentioned um, the likes of Jeremy Thrush, and I, I, I thought... He was in having much the second half today. I thought he was consistently good throughout the uh, throughout this performance. Like it was the main ball winner for them. Carried really well. And uh, listen, a special moment for Richard Kahui scoring against his uh, his old his old team. He would have uh, he would have enjoyed enjoyed that. But boy, how sweet for those guys had they had they picked up that win. That probably would that would have been a very very sweet moment for a couple of guys that are in the the twilight of uh, of their career. Um, yeah, they'd have to be on the force once they get on the road. They'd have to be much better than this. And <clears throat> next week they'll 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 come across the Hurricanes side in very good spirits. So I'll be interested to see they, how they approach that game as well. Also, I'm glad you mentioned Aiden Ross because it's it's the the rise and rise of uh, this uh, loose head prop. Um, we saw the, how good he was during uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa, and he's got off to a, a, a very good. A start again. In fact, we saw a couple of good performances from Lucy Props over the weekend. Even Kartu Nukuyafi, um <clears throat> scrummaging very, very well and, and showing us the, the form that we saw from him a couple of uh, seasons ago. But uh, all in all, in summary, poor. Yeah, just the case of the Chiefs. I think they'll be happy to ride out a dodge um, with the four points um, because I'll tell you what, it would have been very, very tough had they lost that uh, uh, a first game, especially if the rest of the New Zealand teams stay on track, winning that is. Yep. Looking forward to next weekend then, very quickly. We've got the Hurricanes versus the Rebels. Well, I think we can, uh, we already know what's going to happen uh, in that one. Uh, the, uh, the, the the side that scores more tries than anybody else pretty much in the Hurricanes against the side that can't score tries. Uh, the Western Force will host the Highlanders, uh, which on uh, that, that's actually Friday night games. Um, so I think that'll be... Uh, uh, a, 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 a cracker uh, there. The Blues up against the Waratahs. Well, flat track bullies get another get another flat track to bully. Uh, is, is is my say in that one. Um, that's at uh, four thirty five p.m. So that's the early game on Saturday. So next weekend it makes it a bit easier to watch, folks. We don't have that midnight game uh, from a New Zealand point of view. That's followed up by the Chiefs versus the Brumbies. That'll be a cracking game. Um, we've already seen the Brumbies push the Crusaders all the way. Um, the uh, uh, so uh, and with um, a, a good set of uh, uh, a, a good set of uh, locks there against uh, um, against the Chiefs, and then finally the Reds versus the Crusaders. 
um, the uh, two champions going head to head uh, in that final one, which obviously be a tough one for the Reds. Crusaders still, uh, as I say, the favourites to win this tournament, even if they didn't pick up the bonus points um, at the weekend. I feel, feel a bit for the old Brumbies. They've kind of drawn the short straw in the draw pool. They've actually got they've got both the Crusaders first up, Chiefs first up, Blues first up, and all those those first three games are all all away before they head home and play their their final final two games against the uh, the Hurricanes and the Islanders. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, tough, tough, tough old stuff for them, really. Yeah, it's, as I say, I think the organisers have uh, have really stuffed up um, this draw uh, in, in, in that sense, uh, giving, as you say, giving, giving the Brumbies the side that we would expect to be the most competitive one from Australia, the hardest draw possible for them, um, is, uh, yeah, is, um, is, is, is really harsh. But there we go. Um, the, uh, uh, yeah, so it's a very tough draw for them. Um, uh, after that, we end up with uh, some games on uh, uh, a Sunday game on round three um, and uh, back to uh, um, two games on Friday night, two game, three games on Saturday night for rounds four and five. But thankfully, uh, no more midnight kickoffs, um, which is uh, which is great to see uh, from a New Zealand point of view. Um, the uh, Nocturnal Rights uh, says, um, yeah, games will be better at home. Uh, so Reds will be better at home. Brummies will be happy to be in Hamilton as the Chiefs travel back. Yeah, there is there is that side of things. Uh, and it's going to depend on, I think a lot of teams will, uh, uh, having had, or for the, for, the, for the teams that made the finals, uh, having been able to rest some of their players for a week will be uh, good for them. So the, the Crusaders, Chiefs, Brumbies and Reds, you'd expect to be closer to full strength uh, from, uh, from from next week onwards um, as well. So um, looking forward to um, to that, uh, Aaron yeah, makes a good point that next weekend uh, there's a bumper action at Eden Park with the Sevens curtain raisers um, and a dessert. So, yeah, so the, uh, one of the, the, the Australian women's and men's Sevens teams coming over to play the uh, um, the All Black Sevens and the Black Fern Sevens um, either side of that uh, game at Eden Park. So get down to Eden Park um, for those games should be a cracker uh, with, um, well, some two cracking competitive games sandwiched between a flat track bully game in the middle. Um, the <laughs> that one. Um, so uh, thank you very much, Stephen, for joining me on this uh, Super Rugby review show. Uh, look, sorry, folks, we didn't get the Super Rugby preview show out on Thursday. Uh, a bit of a uh, communication issue between myself uh, and um, Cornflake as to whether he was available or not. I'm sorry he wasn't available for that one, but uh, don't worry. Next Thursday, we will definitely have a uh, preview show out um, for all of you to watch and listen um, ahead of Super Rugby Trans-Tasman round two. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.